Hello everybody, welcome to episode 103 of State of the Game, the golf podcast that talks about stuff that matters. My name's Rod Murray, and what matters in golf today, as in every facet of society, no surprise to anybody, COVID-19, the coronavirus, it has taken over every element of our life, uh, including golf, not only at the top level, but recreationally as well. Given the constantly evolving nature of the pandemic, it's difficult to have any sense of what tomorrow might be like, let alone what the medium and long-term future might be for golf and golfers worldwide. Despite all that, however, we're going to attempt to polish up the crystal ball and see if we can't attach some sense to a situation that seemingly makes none. When I say we, I mean, of course, my fellow travellers on this never-ending golf journey from the US, where he's been all over this virus story from day one, writer, blogger, analyst, golf channel type, go-to podcast guest, Jeff Shackelford. Jeff, I assume you're in some form of sort of lockdown there in LA, the US. This is just bizarre. We've not seen anything like this in our lifetimes. A semi-lockdown, yeah. It's in LA, it's very calm right now. People are behaving very well other than getting in long lines at, at markets at strange hours. It's uh, overall amazing how well people are, are handling it. And the weather's not very good, so people can't uh, get out quite as much. Probably, probably helps a bit. From here in the Southern Hemisphere, where yeah. he's calling it self-isolation, but really it's just an excuse for Mike Clayton of Clayton, DeVries and Pomp to play multiple rounds of golf at St Andrews Beach from where he joins us today. Clayton, no real change for you, I guess. Lots of golf, just a bit less contact with people. Uh, yeah, I'm sliding out on my own and playing golf at St Andrews Beach, which is hard to take, given it's a, such a great course and it's about half a mile down the road from where I live. So um, that's my lot at the moment. Could hardly get anybody. You and uh, you and Deb, I think, have taken yourself down. They're too, in all seriousness, self-isolate, haven't you? I think it was Deb that said to you, we really should just go and stay <laughs> stay down there, be away from people and, and self-isolate. Yeah, and I- I couldn't be bothered arguing, so that's what I'm doing. <laughs> that's, that's how that goes. If there was yeah. no golf course there, I'm sure you would have found some energy uh, to do so. Let's head uh, back to you, Jeff, and just get a quick thumbnail sketch of what the last seven or eight days have looked like. It has been some whirlwind, hasn't it, from the beginning of the players last Thursday. It was just a week ago. I know. We I were know. watching players at yeah. Sawgrass, and look where we are now. It seems a lifetime ago. You were there, I think, in Florida. Uh, if I'm no, I, I, I cancelled my trip the Sunday prior because um, I was reading news accounts and uh-huh. uh, I did not see a good scenario ahead for the week. I didn't quite see it going the, as quickly as it did, but I cancelled in part because I wondered about what it would be like flying by the, the following weekend and. And uh, I needed no part of that, and I'm quite glad I did. I was going to say it turned out to be a good call. Uh, give us the thumbnail sketch anyway, because I know that you were covering it pretty extensively. You were pretty critical of the PGA Tour on sort of Thursday when they came out and said they were going to finish the event with no crowds <sighs> Friday, Saturday. So I know we know that changed fairly quickly. Uh, is it fair to Was it fair on them for us to be quite so critical? It was a pretty moving target, wasn't it? Or do you think they really did make the wrong call? Yeah, I think it's fair. It, it was apparent from the Sunday prior that uh, they were going to go ahead with their, their new TV, D roll, TV rollout as futures markets were plummeting and reports were getting increasingly worse. And that show probably should have been the cue that they were not really paying attention to the news as closely as, as they should have been. And they went ahead and rolled that out on Monday. It was, it was awful on uh, CNBC watching the commissioner 
trying to, to tell people about this and having the announcers say, hey, let's pretend it was two weeks ago. <laughs> and then we'll start this interview. Um, so it was that showed a level of tone deafness. And then if you were watching the news again, it just made you think: is there is there no one in a room down there? I know it's their big week, and a lot of people are in town. But is there nobody sitting in a room monitoring the news, talking to the other leagues? Because all day Wednesday, you could see where things were headed, um, and it, they just seemed to be behind at every step. And it it really spoke to uh, a certain kind of ignorance of the news. Clayton, we were watching from over here, of course. It was remarkable how quickly that all happened, wasn't it? The sports in America just fell like dominoes over a 24-hour period. Wow, you before. got Tom Hanks sick, by the well, way. We've got Tom, yeah, well, and hopefully he sorted out his Vegemite issues because I've got to tell you, he was slathering that stuff on way too thick. <laughs> it's an embarrassment to your country what he did to that toast, <laughs> uh, Jeff. But, Clayton, yeah. what, what was your take down here? Because we were watching the players unfold and having all the usual fun debates about whether it's a major and talking about the course and how it was better when it was first built and... It's all too sanitized now. All these sports just fell over in America, and then all of a sudden, golf was gone, and gone for the foreseeable future, Clates, professional golf. Yeah, it's hard to say it being played all year, isn't it? I would have thought. I can't imagine. I, mean, I think next year's the question, not this year. This year's a write-off completely, isn't it? Wow. I would have thought. I mean, no one, everyone's guessing at this point, but how do you imagine it not being just a write-off the whole year to me? But, I mean... We'll come to that in a moment. But, yeah, what was, your, what was your, just your, your first thoughts as it sort of happened? Oh, it was also quite, quite surreal, I thought. Well, I guess it was. It was like watching the AFL last night. I mean, are we the only place in the world that's playing sport in front of no people? Normally it would be 80,000. They played in front of no people. And, it didn't you know, go they, down well, did it either? The, the, the fans – I'm not a, an AFL fan, so I didn't watch, but the, the, from what I saw on Twitter, it didn't get a great reaction from the fans, which was kind of the whole point of – Playing was, you know, let's keep going because the fans want to see it, supposedly. Well, and they'd get in the rooms after and put their arms around each other and sing the song and high-five each other and, you know, they're careful not to shake hands. I mean, you couldn't have had a worse example. I mean, it's, you mm. know, it's like ridiculous. Yeah, true. Anyway, yeah, I, I can't imagine they'll go on for too much longer, but no, it, does, it does seem that a bit yeah. like the PGA Tour at the Players' Championship, that's going to come to an end, doesn't it, Clay? So I, I, I'm with you. I can't see them being able to... It's been a it's been a flop. The fans haven't enjoyed watching it. Therefore, what's the point of going on with it? I know that it's going to cost them a whole bunch of money, but uh, but yeah, I just don't see them at any point going on with it. Back to the notion of golf, though, Shaq. It's an interesting question that Clates raises there, isn't it? Lots and lots and lots of chatter about a Masters in October. All sorts of bizarre things happening with hotel bookings at that time of year. People having their money refunded and told that they're not taking bookings. Uh, what's your sense? Is the is there an October Masters looming, or is that fanciful too at this stage no i think they're trying to be prepared and give it a go if it's possible but i'm kind of with clates that it it just feels like the entire year will be uh a, a really a wash it's just hard to imagine planning a major and then, then then picking up and moving it or or moving it to a different time of year especially the masters where they rely on uh local housing and rentals, and it's not a time they're used to. It, it, I mean, I, I think it's admirable that they're all trying to think of a scenario with the hope of playing one, and if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Uh, it gives us a little something, I think, to look forward to, possibly, but it also seems highly unlikely well, they're going to be able to do well, it's this. It's interesting, isn't it, that this comes back to these optics where the PGA Tour, you're right, the optics for the Tour just got to the point where even the players were saying, hey, look, we're starting to look terrible being out here playing. This is madness. We need to call this off at the Players' Championship. 
when is it okay to start saying time to come back? October still might not be the time to be able to say that, might it? It might just be a terrible look, even if you might logistically be able to pull it off. Right, or play it without uh, spectators. There's always that possibility, and I, I, I think you're right. But they have to plan and and try it, and and then if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But that was clearly the big issue with the players that you could see by that evening that it would really look bad to continue the tournament, much less with spectators. And what's their big announcement? Uh, we're going to give refunds to those who don't want to come. Otherwise, come on out and. Let the uh, sun heal all of your your virus concerns. It was so bizarre. I mean, no warnings to tell the sixty five and over folks to stay home, and we'll give you a discount next year. And we're doing extra cleaning. It was just it was just it just showed they were not following what was going on in the days prior closely enough. You did, and of course, Clates, we saw that fabulous tweet from CT Pan, who referred to something about, <laughs> I'm not going to be here this way. He withdrew from the tournament, the players. and yeah. He referred to something as zero clates, the same number of hand sanitizers he could find in the clubhouse yeah. at Sawgrass, <laughs> which was just, that might have been the final nail in the coffin. That uh, I wonder what, what sort of reaction would players have to this guy? I know I always come to you about this sort of stuff, and it's probably not fair because the times have changed so much, but do the players just sort of do as they're told? Would they have been putting on pressure, do you think, on the tour? We saw some of them publicly saying that the tour shouldn't be playing. I have no idea. Who knows? But, yeah, uh, my guess is they probably all wanted to play. A lot of them, once they were there, I mean, you might as well play, but uh, I don't really know. know, The the players are fine. It's all the people around them that, you know, the caddies are getting smashed by this. Well, yeah, that's... As as everyone is. I mean, you know, it's not like they're alone, but... You know, the players will be fine not playing. In fact, golf could do with it. You know, in some ways, who was it, Shaq, years ago, who said the best thing that could happen to golf would be a big depression? Yeah, it was Dan Jenkins' uh, old line. Nothing that a good old depression yeah. wouldn't fix yeah. when somebody was exhibiting signs of um, <laughs> grotesquely inflated expectations. Some truth to that, Shaq? Well, I, I, it's a joke of a phrase. Nobody wants a depression, but right. there, there are ways to reimagine that mm-hmm. a, after this, uh, we, we get past this, that this will reset a lot of values, and there's some time now to ponder some of those things. And pro golf definitely needed a, a, a break that wasn't ever going to be uh, happening because of scheduling. It, this, this calamity is what uh, took it. So I think that, but I, yeah, I, and I, well, we'll get into some of the things that if, if it's not too soon to, to kind of hope for that would come out of this and, and make the game better. We will come to that. Is it a forlorn hope that those reflections might be taking place at PGA Tour and European Tour headquarters? Well, yeah, they're, they're totally focused on their players. The video I posted on my website this week where Jay Monahan's message to the players and is, yeah, it's just, we're thinking all about you. And, uh, that's what they're paid to do. He mentioned that players week, uh, they're a players driven organization. So he's following this, this kind of mob of players. And, and I, by the way, I think that's part of the reason the, the players did end. There were a lot of players who were saying, why are we doing this? Why are we exposing ourselves in the locker room? Why are the employees here? People who have to be here having to work and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but yeah, I, I I don't think the this is a real opportunity for the RNA and USGA to step forward and try to do some 
some uh, messaging and lobbying on because there's going to be a a part of the population that looks at people playing golf right now as as disgusting. So there's there's going to be the need for some lobbying and pushback and defense of the sport. That's interesting. Clyde, have you encountered any of that? I can't imagine you would have stopped playing golf <laughs> at this stage. And how have you been going about it? Have you just been playing alone? And what's been the response of other golfers and then non-golfers? Well, I go to St Andrews Beach and there's not very many people there. And those that are playing in the morning, and I play at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So I mean, there are people out playing golf. I just play on my own and do my thing. Mm-hmm. Is it a bad um, look? God, we know no, golf has an image no, issue outside of the game. Is it? <laughs> no, I, no, I think it's a great thing. You know, it's the one game you can play on your own. I think it's brilliant that you, people can get. I mean, it's great that people can get out and play it, and and it's one game you can play on your own. So why wouldn't you play? I think. Yeah. Is that the sort of message you're thinking, Shaq, in the bigger picture from the USGA and the RNA? Is that what you're suggesting that? Right, right. It's just when do you do it? Yeah. How do you do it? it, it right now, to me, uh, everything on that front seems inappropriate. I mean, I put the question out on my uh, blog today and wanted to poll people because they're they're very uh, different views on this, and I I understand both sides. And so I was curious to see, just based on some of the things people were writing, what other people would be saying in the industry, and and it just seems like. Golf has a, uh, and I hate the word, I would discuss this with Andy Johnson, the opportunity, but I don't know what the other word is, to to reestablish people's view of the sport and appreciate it a little bit more that it <laughs> that you are spaced out, you are getting exercise in fresh air, you can't really pass a virus on to your playing partners unless uh, you both touch a flagstick and... Or, or the or the cup is somehow infested. So it, there are a lot of things about it. Plus, working in in the maintenance industry here is becoming a a, a problem for the industry to get people. And uh, labor now should look at that job as a lot more attractive than a lot of others. You you're outdoors. You get a nice mask. You you don't really have to be around too close to your your colleagues. And it might be an opportunity for the the golf course maintenance industry to to uh, reverse course on that too. A reimagining of the game in the non golf population's minds. Not having professional golf on television for an extended period will only help that, won't it, Jack? Because that's the image right, that they right. get is rich, pampered golf professionals having tantrums when they get a bad bounce when in fact we know that that's such a small and not realistic part of the game that for, for everybody else who plays yeah. it regularly it's so much more than that so uh, a break from that might be the game yeah we need to get we need to break this the the, the sports coverage and, and overall obsession with the players being bigger than the sport it just isn't going to work out well for for either side and it's perception wise to me for the core fan, obnoxious as well. If you play the game and you watch the game, it it should be it it should just never get to where the players are bigger than the game. That that their views should drive everything we do. And unfortunately, that's where we're at. That's why the distance issue is where it's at because it's driven by players who are uh, selfishly thinking of their own little world, and it's uh, done nobody any good. Of course, the talking point against that. For the non-golfer is that golf is also seen as a cart game, probably more so in the US, uh, Shaq, but certainly not, yeah. not immune from it down here, are we, Clates? An awful lot of people think that golf is a game played in golf carts with 
beer delivered to people, people outside of golf think that. Uh, good opportunity for, as exactly as you said, to change that kind of image of the game as well. And it's an opportunity that we really do need, Clates, because professional golf does stifle everything, doesn't it? Well, it does. That's true. In fact, talking of the rollback, this would be a perfect time for the RNA to roll the ball back because no one would even notice if they came out and said it tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> They've done the opposite, though, haven't they, Jack? Have they not delivered yeah, the, the distance insight reports? Oh, Clates, you probably agree. Yeah, they, they did. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they postponed the 45-day <clears throat> period of, yeah, anyway, it's, it, and that's fine. It's, I, you know, again, I didn't even put that on my blog. It's like, well, it's just not. No, it's not something that anybody needs to know. It's but it's good that they, you know, they, they acknowledge what was going on in the world. Yeah, it's a completely internal issue, isn't it, to golf that. There's a bunch of stuff that's internal to golf, and the distance debate is one, and there's a bunch of stuff that's external to golf, and that's more the stuff we're talking about now, I think. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it yeah. does. Yeah, indeed. Uh, of course, this doesn't just affect, uh, as we said, professional golf and recreational golf. There's a whole industry around the game, Shaq, and I know that uh, I work at uh, I work for uh, do some stuff for Golf Australia magazine down here. Every part of the industry is hurting, isn't it? Everyone has just gone straight into lockdown. Uh, and I know that, you know, budgets are being affected and people make decisions. What sorts of things are you hearing? Places like Golf Channel, the big golf publications. Uh, are you seeing any dip in your own website in traffic numbers? Lots of podcasters outside of golf, not just golf pod- podcasters, saying, listen, the numbers are down. Uh, the whole world's kind of been impacted. Are you seeing much in that way? And Are you talking to many people within the industry and getting any sense of, how those things are shaping up because the golf media industry in particular wasn't doing particularly well anyway, was it? No, 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 it's not good. And of course, traffic's plummeted for everybody and as it should, I don't really know what there is that uh, can be going on in golf other than the news of the, the major championship cancellations and, and maybe the, the discussion uh, about, going out and playing golf right now i think is an important one because it if there's clarity that it's safe to do it's it's a it's it's a good thing so those are those are to me the things that uh are the only stories really worth covering and the rest is is sort of embarrassing some of the things you see being done and 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 i've even seen some good serious work that was related to other stuff but you just say this is just not the time to be pushing it out it's like the, the you know the sunday uh Prior to us taping the show, everybody just went <clears throat> nuts over this Premier League and John Rahm and Brooks Kepka speaking, and those were things the writers probably got earlier in the week, and for some unknown reason thought that was a news story to push out on Sunday, as our Sunday was the beginning of your your Monday, and it was looking like another incredible day, and it and it was it was uh, maybe the worst worst of all the days just in terms of news and. And uh, the markets, and so that that lack of um, that lack of understanding what's newsworthy and what's not right now is going to really expose some people, I think, in in golf media that aren't aren't very good, or or it, we won't know, or it exposes the people they work for who are making them put out, come up with stuff, and put things out that are just they're they're inappropriate. They're to me, they're they're kind of kind of obnoxious. Well, beyond obnoxious, some of them, but yeah. that, the 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 idea that the, you think this is a story anybody should be reading right now. Now, in a few weeks, that may change, but this is such a developing situation at the moment. Yeah, indeed. We'll come back to some of that in a moment, Jack. What does golf look like? You say you're playing by yourself there, Clates. What does golf look like? Are there posts? I've not had the chance to play uh, in the last week or two. Um, are there warning signs about it? Are you getting told things in the pro shop about 
being careful, what does it look like on the ground? At, I know you've only got St Andrews Beach. It's not a big sample size, obviously, but what's happening there? Well, they've still got rakes in the bunkers. They've still got oh, flags, which yeah. is not good. They've still got flags in the holes, which is, um, I guess you try not to touch them. Um, the, the bigger question is what happens to the clubs? I mean, I know in Melbourne that I'm assuming it's the same all over the world, but there are clubs that just won't do, you know, this will be horrible for their their revenue and what happens to them? I mean, the, the strong ones will survive, I think, but there are a whole bunch of clubs in Melbourne that this won't be doing them any good at all. So, so the question is, how do they survive, really? Because presumably there'll be drops in membership and those incomes dry up and you know, that's the most important question for the game, way more important than the Pro Tour. Yes, very much. Is it, is it very much. Yeah. what happens to the I mean, You know, Richard Taylor at Barnburgle, you can't go to Tasmania now, even if you're from Melbourne, without isolating for two weeks. So, you know, what happens to Richard's business? How does he run that in, you know, in the meantime? And I was down there three weeks ago and the place was packed and flying. And, you know, so, so it's they're the really important questions for the game, I think. Well, for Richard, yeah. it depends whether you can self isolate on site at Barnburgle and be able to play golf. It would seem that's unlikely. I don't think that's in the spirit of what they're trying to do, Clates, but uh, that might be appealing to a whole bunch of people if you're allowed to go down to Barbugle and stay on site for two weeks uh, and just play golf. It's an interesting question. I suppose it's one of the unknowns, isn't it, Shaq, that these are these sort of concentric circles of impacts that will only start to realise as time goes on and the, and the, you know, the, the, the ramifications sort of become fairly obvious. It's a different... Sort of a structure in golf in the states, isn't it? Not not so yeah. much the club structure that we have. We've seen some courses have closed in the US. Or I've read of uh, public courses that have been closed down, and various courses are taking different sorts of measures. What's the general sort of move? Can you give us a thumbnail sketch of what that recreational golf looks like at the moment, or is it just too broad and too different all over the place to have any sense of what might happen? Yeah, it's a little bit difficult too with with because of weather. There certain parts of the country they're still not able to play golf some they're just starting to and but uh i went over to the, the busiest public course in in california and and probably the the world at one point i don't know if it still is but rancho park yesterday and it was like a normal day driving range was full uh first tee was sending people out till 5 30 it, it was a beautiful uh breezy day and people were keeping their distance and otherwise uh, it, it was kind of business as usual and that's a city course and our cities kept them open but of course san francisco where things are much worse they've they've shut down the city courses so i presumably nobody's maintaining them either uh so it just varies so much and then the club world is going to be the same thing they're going to be a lot of places that are fine and and just like in and uh, after 9-11 and after the 2008 crash, there's going to be a lot of middle-tier clubs that really, really struggle. And uh, so many places here, too, have completely forgot 2008 and have been spending a lot of money in, in ways you kind of are almost amazed to hear about and dollar figures you're amazed to hear. And that's going to put a burden even on some of those those higher-end places now as as this happens and they lose members like they did the last time this happened that's gonna that's gonna be ugly your observation just your observations at rancho park people were being sensible the golfers themselves were were being sensible from what you could sort of see there are, are people I, I feel like in this this scenario here most people are taking it upon themselves regardless of the advice being given there's a there's a 
there's a natural sort of a fear. Lots of people just aren't going out, even whether they're going to be told to or not. Sure, sure. To stay away. And, is, and was that the sense you got from the golf? Because, of course, we saw that viral video on Twitter overnight of the, the kids on spring break in Florida, I think it was, somewhere, which was just quite Yeah, yeah, no, this is terrifying. nothing like, yeah. <laughs> they were, but you, nah. you're seeing golfers sort of, sort of being quite sensible, which is, uh, which is... Well, and when you watch, you just stand and watch, which I did for a few minutes, and it, really, other than people not walking as close to each other or standing as close in a conversation it would have looked like a and even then you wouldn't notice it from afar it was a normal day people were just playing golf and it was probably a five and a half hour round out there and (laughs) like normal and things never change i I, a couple tees where it backs up and i don't know if that what 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 happened there but I, i think people believe that it's a great place to be right now and so it's a it's a chance for golf to uh, show that it has something uh, of merit because people are not going to be able to do much here for a while in terms of exercise beyond walks and home gym work and and uh, I guess some I guess they could play tennis and there's a few things but uh, there are also going to be quite a few things taken away from them. Pretty, pretty limiting, isn't it? It's the social contact part of golf clates for most people is pretty important. You can still get that, I guess, can't you, at golf? Yeah, of course you can. I think, and you're right. It's important. I mean, we've we've been down here for a week, not seeing anybody and talking to people on Skype. But you're right. You need to get out with people, and and you know, it's kind of a lonely world on your own. But those things you don't realise until you're isolated. (laughs) It's just how much you rely on that daily contact with people too. It's we take it for granted. Mm. Plus, I think we're going to realise how much money we spend that we probably don't need to on lots of things. Mm. Well, it, this is on a, on, a, on a side change. I don't know what, what it's like over there, Jeff, but with all the, the, the notions is working from home, lots and lots of people working from home, could be an awful lot of offices decide in six months' time, you know what, we don't really need to pay 300000 bucks a year rent for this office. It works quite well with everybody working from home. You might see a fairly significant cultural shift just from that uh, down yep. the track and what, who knows what that might sort of do for society. Although- yeah, I, although I've heard from a few people saying that that they're uh, either they or a spouse is just not dealing well with having to work from home. They don't; they're just not used to it. But there are plenty of people who do, and I think they can make the adjustment. But it is going to this could lead to that absolutely, which is not great for the commercial real estate. No, industry. that's exactly right. You wouldn't want to be a commercial real estate agent. Well, you've done it for a long time, Jeff, as have I. It certainly takes some practice to get it right, doesn't it? Yeah, the temptation yeah. to sit around in your jammies and and work, not a lot of work gets done under those circumstances. You realise pretty quickly, don't you, that it's still a job and you've got to go to work, wherever that might be. So there'll be some... Yeah, yeah, yeah. do you know, uh, have you ever seen Tom Wolfe, the uh, famous late American author of uh, novels? He, he, he uh, He's famous for these, <clears throat> later in life, all-white suits he would wear, a three-piece suit, walk around New York City in this all-white suit. and But he, he would actually, before he'd start writing around 9 o'clock, he would... To have breakfast, to shower, and put on. He would dress like that when he wrote at home yep. to make himself act like he was going to his office and taking it seriously. It's a little elaborate for me, but I kind of. But to I your point, you, you get it, don't you? You understand exactly what he's driving at, trying to achieve there. Because otherwise, it's you sit around in your slippers yeah. and you never kind of get started because you're never quite at home and you never. Oh, quite. is that why I'm lazy? It's the slippers. I need to put on shoes. <laughs> well, it depends how cold it is. I, mm. I, I am a bit of a glutton for the slippers when it's uh, when it's winter time. Yeah, I get it. 
Back to professional golf, uh, Shaq. We sort of talked about the possibility of the Masters in October, and there seems to be a lot of speculation about that. I've heard other sort of speculation that there might be behind closed doors that what, what might be trying to be organised is a run of big events to end the year on the assumption that perhaps the virus has settled by then and that that September-October period we might see all of the majors played plus the Ryder Cup, the FedEx Cup. Are you hearing anything about that, and is that fanciful, do you think? I think it's the best case scenario they can think through, and and it's worth planning it out. Uh, Plausibility-wise, it seems uh, like a, a very slim chance that, that that can be done. I did giggle at the lines in the stories about how it was pushing the playoffs back a week, and uh, that this sounds like they're building around the playoff events, which is which is kind of. Well, it would Absurd. actually it would be well, as if anybody cares, but they obviously we know why they want to do it. They still want to be able to pay out their FedEx pool yeah. or part of it. Would that really make it major season? As they've been trying to get Cha- championship season, championship season, uh, right. yeah, yeah, sorry, or is, yeah, yeah, championship uh, season of yeah season of championships, season of championships. season of champion, yeah, yeah, that's what they call it, yeah, uh, which keeps getting bigger every time they put that graphic up. Uh, and it it always seems to to focus certain certain uh, uh, entities <laughs> events more than others. Yeah, indeed, yeah. I don't know whether you saw it, Shaq. Uh, you would have read this, Clades. Adrian Logue, who co-hosts one of the podcasts down here with me, very, very, very smart guy. Did a beautiful deconstruction of the players logo, the fonts and the colours, and I'll, I'll send it to you. You'll really enjoy it. It was brilliant. Did you read that, Clades? It was. I did. It was very funny. It was, it was brilliant. Uh, brilliant. It was very funny and made the point uh, really, really, really well. So I'll send that on to you, Shaq. That'll give you five yeah. minutes of uh, respite from what you're okay. experience at the moment. I'll take it. And uh, and that's about it. What about professional golf here in Australia, Clates? I know you know lots of golf pros. You told me that uh, Suo, I think, has arrived back in Australia. You had a chat to many of them, and what's the thing? We see Travis Smythers in self-isolation and got the camera out because he's clearly bored asking for book recommendations and offering to give swing tips. Have you had a chat to many of the golf pros that generally ply their trade internationally? And what's the, the mood? Only Sue, who got back on, she got back, well, three days ago, whenever that was. I've lost track of the days now. Uh, yeah, she's got nine days to go of her self-isolation and she's going crazy and she's sick of air swinging in the room. And so, um, But and the LPGA still has Hawaii on the schedule, which is a couple of, which is two or three. I think it's the week either before or after the A&A was going to be. So I'm told her not to worry about that one being on, but yeah, she's just home. And Lucas Michelle, who was playing at Augusta last week in preparation for the Masters, is coming back today. So I guess his participation, I mean, what a you know a dream for a kid. He wins the US Mid-Amateur and you know, he's exempted into the Masters and the US Open and what happens to that. So assuming that they don't play the US Mid-Amateur and the US Amateur this year, hopefully if this stuff goes on next year, he can take his exemption up next year. But that would be kind of a uh, lifelong regret that you actually earned a place in the Masters and never got to play. But at least he's got yeah. to play a bu- you know, at least he's got to play a bunch of practice rounds there. And so, yes. Yeah, did he... Did he have any report? Any, any, any? Let's get to some first world issues. Yeah, any course say, changes? The, the individuals who are missing out <laughs> on the, the joys of Augusta. Yes. Any changes to the course? Did he get any insight from any of the members about this October? Yeah, Masters yeah. Course? Are they going to? They're going to roll back the ball. Oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, he played with Jeff Knox. I know that. I didn't ask him about the course. But he had some video of the course when he went over there in uh, before Christmas, and the fairways were 
they were actually they weren't perfect, which is you know, which may have been a good thing. That might be a good thing for golf that they play Augusta, play Augusta in April when the course isn't perfect. Be fantastic. you mean in, you mean in October? In October, yeah, 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 because yeah. it's right after the overseed usually, unless they tried to play it on Bermuda and then overseed after, which I highly doubt. Well, that wouldn't be the worst thing either. Be playing on dormant Bermuda, would it? And showing the world. Oh. That- no, it would be it would be summertime Bermuda, but I, they, they they would never want the world to see the place. They won't want the world to see, it, but it might be their only option. So then the question is: Are we so wedded to the look of the place that we'd rather cancel the tournament based on the aesthetic? Oh no, 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 no. Yeah, no. I don't care what they play it as. If they were no, to we just play it, that would be great. But, to that, but it is. I think it, I'm just laughing because it it. I think it plays into some of the thinking, probably for some people, about just kind of the vanity of it all. And 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 I and I wouldn't necessarily say it's an incorrect thing. The Masters has a certain mystique. It's in the spring, and and seeing it twice in a short time would be uh, not their style if they had a choice. And but they'd probably do have about uh, eight hundred thousand twenty twenty. Masters hats. <laughs> I really like to still be able to move, and a whole bunch of other things that they've invested that they would like to see actually used. What should they do, Shank? You got any advice for? Does it make sense to play? Because the other option, of course, people are suggesting is to either well, just not have a twenty twenty Masters. It goes down like the War Years with an asterisk saying, "Yeah, it wasn't played." Or do they try and play two almost back to back early next year? Is that feasible? No, I don't think they do that. I, if it's either October or, or, or not, I think it's great that they're thinking that way and planning. I don't know about getting people's hotel rooms canceled, <laughs> but, uh, or however that's working, or the hotels just just do it. Oh, is it the hotels um, that are circulating? Yeah, it's just perhaps. the hotels because somebody's bought the the properties or reserved the properties somehow. And uh, it must be a nice non non refundable deposit they just put down and. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But no, I, I think it's great that they're trying to do it, and they should try and plan for it, and then watch how things play out, and, and decide and take the temperature at another. I'm sure they've set dates probably already where they're they're going to do that for all these events, yeah. uh, deadlines and things. I mean, Wingfoot has no chance. No. The way things are going in that area right now, it's just hard to imagine that anybody wants to hear about that if if things even were to if they were to be better by June. Yeah, the Open in England, you would think, given what's happening in the UK, is a highly yeah proposition. Doesn't seem good at, at this point. Of course, the other one is the US Open, where they've cancelled qualifying. So, if they were to try to go ahead with the US Open, how do they fill the field? How do you make some of those decisions? There's- well, I think they'd still ideally have the sectional qualifying, where a lot of people are exempt to those as um, former champions and uh, uh, certain events and people who made the semis of the U.S. Amateur and Walker Cup, and they have a, a number of exemptions into the sectionals. So they would just be a, a – they wouldn't have the full effect of 10,000 people. It would it would be a much smaller group. Still, the sectionals are one of the great days in golf, aren't they? Watching all- yeah, it's still – it's just – it would be nice, obviously, to have the people who make it from the first stage, but you'll still have some interesting stories there, Not 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 on the – the level that you get when when you have the local qualifying you get high school golfers and you get some people in their 50s and so it does it does limit it but it's still something i get the sense Shaq, that your perspective has shifted 
sort of personally <laughs> about the world. Am I on the money with that? This has sort of rocked America. I don't think we've had it quite as intensely here in Australia as it perhaps as it's affected the US, and we know other parts of the world have been badly affected. Italy, of course, you've only got to look to Italy and see the death rate there and the impact of it there. In fact, I've got an auntie in Italy who rang us last night on Skype. We don't speak Italian, she doesn't speak English, but somehow we managed to communicate. She said she's okay. They get to go out once every 10 days uh, to do some shopping. You have to have a certificate. The only food stuff she can get are bread and pizza makings uh, and a little bit of pasta. There's not much else to be done. They're in their 70s, and that's sort of life for them for the foreseeable future. Has your perspective changed, Shaq? I'm guessing, and Clates can probably attest to this, whilst we're aware of it here in Australia, I don't think it's really hit the way it has in some other parts of the world. Oh, yeah. Well, when you go around Los Angeles and it's it's just it takes 10 minutes to get anywhere and you see how dead everything is and how many doors are closed, it's a dystopian, depressing thing to see um, because you know what it, it's going to do to the economy. And and if we, we have, thankfully, politicians here who are more aggressive trying to prevent further calamity and on multiple fronts. And but it's I feel like it's still the developing situation and it's clear a lot of people are not taking it seriously enough but i here in la they are it's 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 amazing what and how calm people are but with all that in mind obviously it's hard to uh to to not be continually concerned as it continues to develop and of course, and you have time, by the way, to ponder. I was going to say, there's not a lot of distractions, no. is there? So there's awful lot of time to look inwards. Do you think I'm right about that, Clades? It doesn't feel to me like it's hit the population here quite as hard as what we're seeing in other parts of the world, because we haven't yet seen the 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 wave of sort of pandemic cases yet. Which is not to say that we won't, uh, but I don't feel like we're quite there yet. Or am I off the money there? No, I think that's true. I mean, there are seems like there are much fewer cases here. Of people getting sick. I just think that the society and the economy has been smashed. I mean, I think people have no clue what's going on. But I assume that's everywhere else except those kids in Florida. But, yeah, obviously it's not like Italy. And it seems like the South Koreans are doing better because they managed it earlier and got people tested. Perhaps they're coming out the other side of it. But, you know, no, I think people are desperately worried here about everything. But, I mean... This is not right, but getting sick sounds to be the least of the problems compared with what's going to happen to the airlines and the business and schools. And, you know, you know I think we're well on top of that in terms of being pretty terrified about what's going on. Mm. Yeah, all people's superannuation, the stock market you've mentioned a couple of times, Shaq, in the States, that's terrifying, isn't it? So watch your future just disappearing on paper at least, and potentially in reality. Uh, yeah, we've been through this, though, yeah. a couple of times. Obviously, the last couple of weeks uh, are, are just unbelievable. But I think the bigger concern for, for a lot of people here is that the markets are trying to send a message uh, in a way <laughs> that's unprecedented. Uh, and you don't quite sense that our, our uh, leadership in Washington really is grasping this they, they i think they talk themselves out of it a little bit and it's so overwhelming that it's i don't think they're grappling with the reality when if you whittle it down there really are some basic things and what we're doing is the right approach and we just need more of it and 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 it's the most annoying phrase already but social distancing and it it will really uh it will work if and so uh, I think that's what's more distressing is that there's a disconnect from the people who are yeah. 
supposed to be good at uh, running these kinds of things. If you're looking for a, to freshen things up a bit, Shaq, spatial distancing is a new one that I heard. Ah, today. So very, that's switch nice. Switch to spatial yeah, distancing uh, rather than social distancing and, and use yeah. that for a week or two till you get, till you get bored with that. Question for both of you, but I'll start with you first, Clay. There's probably more one for you, Shaq. Give you some time to think about it. It used to be said of the golf business in the not-too-distant parts that it was recession-proof, uh, that because people were so attached to the game, the last thing they would give up when they went through the list of consumables they could live without, the last thing they'd give up was golf. Do you think that's still the case with the game here in Australia, Clates, or has that changed? No, I think people will still play uh, because I think it's a great game. I think ultimately golf will do fine because it's such a great game to play. But, I mean, I was, uh, assuming what's going to happen to the economy is going to happen, people will stop spending money on golf clubs, which is a good thing. Because the latest and the greatest driver for $800, eight hundred and twenty nine dollars, I saw it for in the pro shop at Royal Hobart a couple of weeks ago. That, that's all going to stop. <laughs> I mean, wow, eight hundred and twenty nine. Shaq, which is now about four hundred US dollars, by the way. But, oh, it's got to be more than that, isn't it? Oh, well, yeah. Well, after yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I think much. our dollars yeah. at I think our dollars at fifty five cents at the moment. So, yeah. if we were letting any of you in, it would be a great time to come to Australia <laughs> and play golf. Oh, yeah. <laughs> If we can figure but, out that um, Barnburgle thing, 14 days there, they'll be flocking from America. Could, yeah. <laughs> For sure. I don't know. Though, just the, the sound of being stuck on Tasmania, I think that could be tough for people. To, there's a perception issue still sure. for some reason. Not a, not a serious one, but there's still that. People, it is funny. Whenever I talk about Barnburgle, somebody will ask, or maybe they're making an Australia trip, and I mention how easy it is to get there and – they have some perception of that it's off in the middle of the ocean and there are devils everywhere and it's just this bizarre place. It's really? amazing. Really? Yeah. Wow. And when you tell them how easy it is to get there and, and then it's you know an hour flight, hour drive, and you're there and it's wonderful. Really? Okay. All right. I, I didn't picture it that way. I, wow. Well, no, you, it's, and I've had well, that conversation a lot. It's more like crossing the harbor than... Anything I, I plates, know, really. I know. It's just, you, you just gotta, yeah. The plane goes up, the plane comes down. I think you're in the middle of saying something there, Clates, and we might have cut you off. My, my apologies. Oh, no. yeah. well, 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 that's Barn Burgle's attraction, really, is that it takes an effort to get there. And once you get there, right. it's a. You know, uh, I was there with Mike DeVries a couple of weeks ago, and Bill Cause, I think Bill might even be down there now. They're, they're building the par three, the 14 hole par three course there. Riley Johns is definitely there because he's been Instagramming some of the photos of. Riley's down there, yeah. So they're doing the par three course. and um, I, I guess the one thing we haven't spoken about is are the Japanese the only people who think the Tokyo Olympics are going on? Possibly. Yes. <laughs> yes, I would think. Um, yeah, you can't see that. You just can't. Well, I can't no. see, you just can't see it. There's, there's no way. And even if they do, most of the people who've got tickets surely are going to decide not to go just right. themselves, even if they're told that they're safe the to go. They'll, they'll volunteers. And all the referees and officials yeah. and oh, oh, no that way. Is an an, just... That is an enormous under, and, and it's an enormous undertaking to shift that. And it's no easy task to say, "Well, we'll have it next year instead." I don't know what happens to the right. Olympics in those circumstances, but my goodness, that is—it's an enormous call to call it off. But you can't see how it can possibly go ahead. Uh, no. It would be a it'd be insane to try and to try and uh, and host the Olympics. Same question for you, Shaq, that I just asked of Clates. That notion—I'm not sure whether it was the same in America, but certainly here in Australia. Golf was seen as recession-proof. It didn't matter what happened economically. Golf always continued to do quite well and, in fact, sometimes would flourish in recessions. Is that still true? Was it true in America? Is it still true now? Hmm. 
That's tough to say. I, I don't think it is recession proof here. It's really had some dark times when the economy goes, so it has not been. But again, and I, and I don't even it's I'm not really comfortable <laughs> with this topic, but this is a this is an opportunity for the sport to really actually uh, be recession proof because it it works under the the um, under the virus world that we're in. Uh, it, 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 so it, it's to be yet to be seen whether a lot of places can keep. I mean, the key is whether places will be able to keep courses open. Yeah. You will be able to take the money somehow. Obviously, food and beverage though, and, and clubhouses were are, are, have been big sources of revenue that that prop up a losing golf course sometimes. So there are all sorts of cases like that where. You just don't know. But the main thing, hopefully, is that a lot most courses stay open and they're able to keep their maintenance staff in place and uh, keep those people employed and and keep because when, as soon as you stop maintaining a golf course, it it doesn't take long for it to really deteriorate. It's the downward spiral, isn't it? As soon as you start to pull money out of the maintenance budget because you've got well, I mean, no, I mean just stop maintaining it. But yeah, obviously, just yeah. cutting back's not great, but. That's better than yeah a total abandonment. It's just it's, just, it's yeah. amazing how quickly a course goes bad. Well, I did that at St Andrews Beach when say, it shut. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, have a couple of years of that right. to clothes, right? well, well, it shut for eighteen months, but they had two guys. One guy carrying greens, one guy carrying fairway. Well, two of them. Two guys maintained it, and it was it was fine. I mean, I, I continued to play it because I could jump the fence, but um, it took two people to maintain that golf course. They didn't raid the bunkers. But they cut the fairways and cut the greens and cut the tees, and that was it. And Sounds like heaven. Was it great <laughs> when it was like that? Well, it was. It was brilliant. It was brilliant, yeah. Apart from the fact that it was shut. Yeah. I remember going out with a friend on uh, maybe New Year's Eve, and one of the greenkeepers came over the hill, and I thought, oh, God, we've got caught. He was going to go nuts at us. And he said, well, it's just great to see someone out here actually playing the golf course. So his time was yeah, wasted, yeah. Well, he was just, I mean, there were two guys, as I said, two guys doing it. And no one was playing it except me, really, which was kind of bizarre because you would think every local kid would have figured out that, well, we can jump the fence at yeah. the 12th hole and play the golf course for free, yeah. but no one did. And a great golf course. I know we've talked about it before. Probably the most underrated golf course in Australia is in Andrews Beach. It's a phenomenal layout. Wonderful fun to play. That's no, a brilliant course, yeah. yeah. I, mean, you know, it's, I think it's rated 10 or 12 in the country, yeah. and yeah, Tom Doug designed it. It's a tremendous golf course. Really good. Which it should be. Back to the point you're making, Chuck, and I, and I agree. The timing is uncomfortable, but if you're in the golf business, you have some responsibility to think about how the future of golf might look. And I think that essentially what what golf might be forced to do is start to sell the game again. Golf's been sidetracked, hasn't it, in selling a whole bunch of stuff around the game that's peripheral yeah. as opposed to the game itself, which is what is the genuine appeal. The, the, the trying to get the ball in the hole and the least number of shots in matches against your mates and all of that other stuff that goes with it. We stopped selling that golf, didn't we, on a, on a large scale? Oh, yeah, for all the obvious reasons and, and the trying to chase an audience uh, that was unlikely to like the sport and, and just stick to uh, its guns and stick to its values and be confident that the sport itself is uh, is sound and enough to keep going and to be to be uh, a great thing to be a part of and, and a great or good enough business to be in and i don't know who that is that will step forward to help uh get the message out and and when you do it and how you do it but um i think it's it's uh imperative that golf 
figure out ways to really highlight that those are good plays because it's going to be a while and and we're in a weird state and it's a great time of year to get people uh, interested and in going out there and and obviously you know the instructors maybe don't need to just kind of get too close and take you through the swing path but um, otherwise and you don't need the nineteenth hole open it's a shame but it, it or you can have food and beverage but have people spread out outdoors uh there's just there's there are ways that that it can survive right now whereas other industries are going to be way worse off i mean a golf course in good weather and and no major health crisis in the community the point of that it's a dysfunctional lockdown place should be able to to do well in this yeah well i think um my head's spinning. I get the sense yours is spinning a bit too, Shaq. It's hard to know what to think about what Clayt seems to be okay. He's just going to go out and play golf every day and yeah. work on his journey. <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be okay. That's unfair, Clayt. I suspect this is throwing you for as much of a task. Well, how's your design business been impacted by this? Of course, one of the things about this is the global nature of it. It's kind of like a – well, we've never really – usually you have hotspots of either financial trouble or you, know, you get something like an epidemic. The global nature of this is quite – confronting isn't it i assume there's been impacts at cdp because uh, you've got well over the world. yeah i was i was planning on catching up with mike devries in michigan in the, well, the week before the u.s open then counting for lucas at the u.s open and then going to london for two months we got a job at the addington and royal dublin and being over there and with frank and so that's all off obviously so it's you know i'm sure it's affecting everybody i'm just glad i'm not paying any wages so um you know for companies with bigger staff than we have it it'll be more of a problem but you know again as long as we come out the other side we'll be fine i think yeah and that's the unknown where is the other side and probably that's the most uh that's the most difficult thing about it we have no idea where the other side is uh probably enough out of us i'm not sure we can add much to the discussion but in some ways it's just nice to chat so shack it's been fantastic to catch up with you we don't do it often enough we say it every time but it really is true maybe now that you're stuck inside and nothing else to do we might end up you might just start recording stuff just to keep yourself interested and putting Uh, that might happen i might might work on a book all sorts of things but i I mean we'll get back to talking about those things but i i think we agree it's just the timing and it doesn't sound like it's hit down hit home to you like it is in our country which is just going to be very ugly here so we're it's just still in that that smoldering phase and at some point we'll be able to get back to talk about these things but the distance report or whatever but it just seems like it's a it's a little soon we've got a lot of that i don't know what melbourne's like clates we've got a lot of that not so many people around it's been quite remarkable i've been driving to work rather than catching the train you do these little things that we're all sort of doing the traffic's nowhere near as uh, bad as it normally is here in Sydney. Sydney's a nightmare for traffic normally. No point telling you from LA, Shaq, you've got us covered there, no doubt. Yeah. Generally, we've had a lot of that, and you go up to the railway station here where all the coffee shops and all that are. It's all very quiet up there. So we've had a bit of that, but I just don't sense we've had the quite the, the blow that's tilted us off axis yet the way you have in the States. And so it's been interesting, if, if for no other reason, than just to hear that uh, firsthand from you. So uh, stay well, mate. Stay well. Hope everything yep. starts to improve in the not-too-distant future. We've got all, Thank all you. our fingers crossed all over the place. Uh, and, Clates, I won't cross my fingers for you. You're kind of living the dream. So uh, best of luck to you, and it'll start to wear on you sh- soon, I'm sure. You'll want to go. Oh, no, it won't. Courses, but, you know, it's, <laughs> it's the one. Course no, Shaq, I, I heard you go, um, someone told me you were never going to write another book again because you can't make any money out of them, which is a ridiculous thing how great your books are. So, 
Well, you can't. Back. And well, you get well, screwed and all that. It's a terrible well, industry. <laughs> I know, but but we need more of your books. So get and write a book. I've got, a, we... I've got, I've got three different books uh, I'm going to start outlining and working Good. on. And we'll see which Good. one gets them out. They're, complete, they're all completely different. But I, I think, uh, yeah, no, it's a great time for that. And and uh, we have the time. I just wonder sometimes if some of these things are better in other mediums now, like a podcast or in uh, written form uh, on the web. Yeah, 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 on and on. Nothing stopping you from writing your own books, Shaq, and putting them out there. People can listen to them. Audio books are big. As you know, you're an audio book listener, if I recall. Yeah, the problem is when you read your, your, own, your own writing, it's, it's hard enough to do it. Uh, but when it's about 10, 15 years old and you and it just drives you nuts, you read, oh, my God, this sentence is awful. This is awful. That? Oh, Jesus. what was I thinking? Uh, it's really hard to do. It's really, really – I would probably paraphrase a lot, but my books have a lot of photos, so there's that too. Um, but, yeah, I'm not going to do a reading of the future of golf. Andy mentioned that on the pod the other day. I, I think that could be a little bit uh, – that, that, that's a little much. There's there, there's plenty of content out there for people right now. Maybe I think. somebody, but it's and some interesting golf books, by the way, at the moment. So uh, we'll, we'll have to. We okay. might have to get somebody on. Uh, well, I know we have to get one guy on for sure that fits our our state of the game topic. Um, so I'll discuss that book with you. It's coming out at the beginning of May. Okay, it's an off air thing, so we'll uh, we'll leave it for that. Okay. Uh, thank you, Clay. It's been great to chat to you as well, mate. I'm just. Quickly thinking, the last time the Olympics was in Tokyo, scheduled for Tokyo. Anyone have a guess at that one? Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. 32? No, that was L.A. Wait. L.A. LA was the last. uh. Oh, it was right around. It it was uh, 28? Put us in. No, it was was 1940. Oh, 40. Oh, yeah, that's right. That. Yes, that would. Have, that, I guess that there should have been obvious in the question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was never going to be 1964, was it? <laughs> that no, was never going to be no, the no. answer. I'm not. Oh, of course, it wasn't. Of course, it wasn't Tokyo in 1964. No, oh, was there, it? there was just. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, that was when Dawn Fraser got. Yeah, it was in Tokyo. But um, someone told me about the 40-year curse of the Olympics. So 1940, 1980 was the boycott, and 2020. So yeah, yeah, it was scheduled for Tokyo in 1940, apparently. Uh, terrific to catch up fellas thank you for that episode 104 we don't know when it'll be uh, but hopefully it'll be a little bit brighter uh, when the time comes we look forward to your company then here on State of the Game State of the Game is a talk and golf production theme music writer's retreat provided by Lloyd Cole visit www.lloydcole.com for more information for more golf podcasts log on to www.talkandgolf.com